0: straight from the street, this is the Doc EM Podcast, bringing you emergency medical education for paramedics, nurses, and EMTs. Here's your host, Owen Wood. What's up, everybody? Owen here, and today we're going to be talking about pediatric 12-lead EKGs. Now, as a pre-hospital care provider, you probably see a lot more 12-leads of adults than you do of pediatrics. But they're no less important. Because we don't see quite as many pediatric EKGs, that's all the more reason that we need to make sure our skills are super sharp on what a normal one should look like. So today we're going to talk about a few different things. Number one, when do I need a 12 lead on a pediatric patient? Number two, what are the anatomic differences that I should consider? Three, What is different about an EKG in a pediatric as opposed to an adult? And finally, I'm going to give you the secret to becoming a master of the pediatric EKG. So starting this whole thing off, when exactly do we need a 12 lead for a pediatric patient? Some of those times include unknown cardiac history, family history of sudden cardiac arrest, syncope, seizures, chest pain following exertion, toxic exposures, cyanotic episodes, and of course, dysrhythmias. Now, just like any patient, if you've got a feeling that their symptoms might be because of something cardiac, go ahead and get the 12 lead. It's not going to hurt anything. So what kind of anatomic differences do we need to keep in mind when we're thinking about how a pediatric 12 lead would be different than an adult. Well, the first thing is that children are born with dominant right ventricles, and that is due to the patent ductus arteriosus that is present in the fetus before birth. Now, of course, from the point of birth on, the ductus arteriosus closes up and slowly over time, the left ventricle becomes the dominant ventricle as we see in adult patients. Another consideration is that pediatric patients may have thinner chest walls. Now, keep in mind, we could consider a pediatric anybody up to the age of 18. So I've seen some 14, 15-year-old kids right now that could probably be playing professional football. So keep that in mind. Not all the time, but sometimes. Another consideration is that pediatric patients a lot of times have smaller hearts than adult patients. Not to make them sound like the Grinch or anything like that, but they just have a little bit less myocardial mass. With less myocardial mass, comes a shorter transmission time of electrical signals. The way that translates to us is that some of the intervals we're used to seeing in adult patients can be a little bit shorter. Now, what is different about the EKG in a pediatric patient when compared to an adult EKG? Well, the first thing that I can say is rate. As we know, pediatrics have a little bit faster heart rate than adults. And we see that heart rate be its fastest when they're very, very young. And as they get older and closer to adulthood, that rate kind of slows down. And that's largely attributed to the amount of stroke volume that they have. They have a little bit less stroke volume. They've got to have a little bit more rapid of a rate in order to keep the same cardiac output. Next difference you might see, maybe the rhythm. Pediatrics, particularly younger pediatric patients, often have very pronounced sinus arrhythmias. So as they're taking deep breaths in or out, you may notice some changes in the rhythm. A good way to check and make sure that they have a sinus rhythm on the 12 lead is to look at the PR interval. It should maintain consistent throughout the 12 lead. And make sure that you're seeing positive P-wave deflections in leads 2 and AVF. There should also be a negative deflection in AVR. If you have both of those things, you can be pretty sure that you're looking at a sinus rhythm. As far as intervals go, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about them. In the show notes, I've dropped an image of a chart that comes from a very good article about the normal intervals in a pediatric EKG. So be sure to check that out. But as we know... It's not uncommon for the intervals that you'll see in a pediatric 12 lead to be a little bit shorter than they would be in an adult 12 lead. Now, chances are the first pediatric 12 lead you saw kind of made you a little concerned because of the massive voltage that is seen. Just keep in mind that that voltage is in most cases really exaggerated and probably due to a thinner chest wall. Now, something that is very different from a pediatric 12-lead when compared to an adult is the T-waves. What you're really likely to see is something that they call the juvenile T-wave inversion pattern, and that consists of T-wave inversion in leads V1, V2, and V3. The juvenile T-wave inversion pattern is typically present from about seven days of age all the way through into adolescence. And it actually can persist into early adulthood, but this is a lot less common. The last thing that we're gonna talk about difference-wise is identifying left and right ventricular hypertrophy. As we identified earlier, the voltages that you're going to see on a pediatric 12-lead are often really exaggerated. So using the traditional tools for identification of left and right ventricular hypertrophy are really not gonna work. And you should also keep in mind that the techniques that I'm about to tell you are not diagnostic of LVH or RVH. They're more of a way to increase your suspicion of there being a problem with the ventricles. So, for LVH, you're only going to look at lead V6. If you have an R-wave in V6 that intersects the isoelectric line of V5, that is a good indicator of left ventricular hypertrophy. For right ventricular hypertrophy, you're only going to pay attention to lead V1. And the indicators are going to be upright T waves after 7 days old, an RSR' prime pattern with R' prime greater than R, and a pure R wave after 6 months of age. If you see any of those three things, that should really raise your suspicion of RVH. Now, as promised, I'm going to tell you how to become a master of the pediatric EKG. And the first thing that you need to do is read everything that you can about pediatric EKGs. Check out the show notes. I've got some great references in there that have a lot of good information and absorbing as much of that information as you can is going to be step number one to becoming a master of, well, probably just about anything. Number two, interpret as many pediatric EKGs as you possibly can. Now, I certainly don't interpret a pediatric EKG every single shift, and I doubt that there's many people that do. So, if you really do want to become a master of the pediatric 12 lead, you're going to have to do a little research on the interwebs. And finally, teach other people the things that you know. There are so many times when I feel like I know a topic better than anybody, but when I try to explain it to somebody, I have no idea how to. By learning how to convey the knowledge that you have to somebody else, you're really going to enhance the knowledge that you have and increase your own understanding. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to head over to DitchDocEM.com to check out the show notes, and if you haven't done so already, follow the site via email. It'll make sure that you don't miss any new podcasts, articles, or other good stuff that we put up there. If you have a spare second or two, please leave me a rating on iTunes. Those ratings really help and I appreciate each and every one of them. Until next time, you guys stay safe and I'll see you in the next one. The content of the Ditch.EM podcast is based on evidence, fact, and the recommendations of credible sources. Always refer to the protocols and guidelines established by your institution. The views expressed are those of Owen Wood and Ditch EM in their entirety.